0: 770 AM, 92.5 FM News Talk, WVNN, Phil Williams hosting Right Side Radio. The time is now 2.35, and we're glad you're still with us. Hey, listen, Right Side Radio, you know the mantra, I say it every time. We are solid, conservative, and just plain right. And I'm glad you're with us. Hey, before we go on, and I've got to tell you guys real quick about Otter Creek. You keep hearing the ads probably, but I'm going to tell you, I know this place personally. Otter Creek Farmstead and Distillery is in northeast Alabama. It is one of the South's top venues for wing shooting, corporate retreats, weddings, special events. They have luxurious guest rooms, beautifully manicured hundreds of acres, indoor and outdoor entertainment spaces. I mean, this place is incredible, and their culinary team, their chefs, Wow. Good stuff. Check them out at ottercreekfarmstead.com. They are an amazing place. Well, I'm excited right now. um, I have, uh, for for a number of years, told the stories that I just told a few moments ago about somebody who has been actually an inspiration to me. He's a lot younger than me, but he still inspires me on a regular basis, and that's my friend Hamid and and I will tell you all by the way before I bring him on the line. I'm not going to tell you his last name. I'm not going to tell you where he lives now. He still has family in Afghanistan and we're not going to create that security risk for him. But right now on the phone, I believe we do have my friend Hamid. Hamid, how are you my brother? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm I'm proud to have you. And uh and I'm and I'm proud of you and I just told your story a moment ago about coming here to the United States uh You lived with Bill's family for a while. You went to school. You went to Yale. Uh, You served the president of Afghanistan, and you you did all that coming from um, a very difficult uh, background. But here you are, and you got a family, and you're a US citizen, and uh, I'm just proud of you.
1: Thank you so much. Well, I couldn't have achieved most of this without the help of you and individuals like you who have served this country proudly.
0: Well, you know, it, I appreciate you saying that, but the truth be told, um, you still had to have the drive and the energy and the work ethic to to make that happen. But uh, Hamid, remind me were you were you seventeen years old when you and I first met? Yes. Sound- yes, I All was right. seventeen years old. How did you How did you learn to speak English? I mean, was it school or was it self taught?
1: Uh, it was a combination because during those years, Afghanistan was facing the very harsh situation, just like it's facing today. There was war everywhere, and the instability has dilapidated the entire educational apparatus at the time. So sometimes when it was uh, somewhat peaceful, I would go to school. But other than that, I had to stay home and use whatever books I had.
0: Well, there there was a there was a moment when you began working for U.S. troops, and then at some point, um, very early in the war in Afghanistan, with for the U.S. anyway, um, you, you came to my team. Uh, you actually at, at at some point soon afterwards uh, began to live with us. And um, I told the people here that virtually everything we did, you did with us. And uh, if there was a risk, you took the risk with us. And um, but you still have family over there now, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. And uh, I'm proud of everything I have done for this country. And uh, I'm glad I could have been of help uh, in whatever we did there. And yes, I do have family in Kabul and in Kunduz. Um, and, and they are worried.
0: Well, have you spoken to your family lately? Because, I mean, just literally about 45 minutes ago, the president of the United States said that he did not see that any mission was accomplished, which I personally take issue with, but that uh, that we we were done there and that we're completely pulling out. And uh, in fact, I believe that we're pretty much out of the country now. So, what what what's the most recent information you've gotten from uh, from your family members? Uh,
1: basically, most of the provinces uh have been taken over by the taliban except the capitals of those provinces which the capital of each province might make about five percent of the territory of the entire province so when it comes to northern provinces uh, like barakhshan Talakan, Kunduz, the taliban have surrounded the capitals and uh, as for what you mentioned that no mission has been accomplished i think uh the Afghan people were given hope and, and given the ability to dream for a better future uh, right after the U.S. intervention in Afghanistan. And that hope continued. But why it deteriorated over time, that's a different topic.
0: Yeah, and I and I think it, I think it definitely did deteriorate the level of commitment um, perhaps from the U.S. and the Allies uh, began to change. And, and truthfully, uh, it is... It is a country that is, it is Afghanistan, and the Afghan people have to have their own right to self-governance. I think one of my concerns is also that the United States um, could have maintained a, a place in Bagram where they could have provided assistance and uh, and, and sort of a, a foreign policy or a force projection to that region of the world, and, and now we've lost that capability.
1: Yes, Um I think it's that, and it's also uh, this hasty withdrawal and uh, not having a strategic plan in place, uh, which might be very much affected by uh, internal politics, uh, is uh, something that the Afghan people will pay a huge price for. And they're already paying, because right now, Hospitals are full of people that have been injured, and I'm talking about civilians and women, and children, and elderly, uh, and thousands and thousands of bodies, dead bodies, are scattered around the country right now, and there is no one to pick them up.
0: Well, and it, it's, you know, I, I hope that does not go back to the Neanderthal days of uh, pre-9-11 when the Taliban were beheading people, uh, you know, in the streets, but... But I do know that I, I, what I'm concerned for our friends who, like you, served with U.S. troops or who uh, did what they could to promote the Afghan government's uh, self-governance, or for that matter, even the rights of women uh, to get an education and to be able to be elected to offices. Um, I mean, what, what are your concerns right now with, uh, with other friends and, and people you know who have served uh, in conjunction with the U.S. government like you did?
1: Right. Uh, there are, I would say, at least about 25 to 30,000 individuals who have uh, had direct involvement with the U.S. military and NATO forces in Afghanistan in the past 20 years. And these individuals are a small fraction of them have made it outside of Afghanistan, uh, and, and I'm one of those lucky ones. But the majority of them are still in Afghanistan, and what they have done is that they have tried to run from one province to another, and finally most of them have ended up in the capital, Kabul, and hoping that that will be the last place to fall into the hands of the Taliban. So, And, and they're hoping that there will be some time uh, for them to be extracted by the U.S. military. Uh, And and there are some rumors and and some so-called promises that these individuals will be taken to a third country and then they will be transferred to the United States. But given the time frame of the final withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan, which is uh, decided to be before September 11, I don't see that happening. So the majority of these people that uh, are there, and some of them are my close friends, and we know them, they are literally saying that we will be beheaded.
0: And, and, and you know, I, I wrote a letter myself yesterday uh, to the entire U.S. delegation from my state of Alabama, the congressmen and women and and senators, and, uh, and asked them to expedite any processes they possibly can. Uh, mm. You know, that's just one person writing a letter. But, but I, I do know that special immigrant visa status has to be granted immediately, and they have to expedite the interview processes to make this happen. And I know you've been through a lot of that just with uh, getting your wife over here with you uh, and how difficult that can be Absolutely. even in peace.
1: Absolutely. I know individuals right now that they, uh, for instance, my, uh, two of my brother-in-laws, they served with the U.S. military in Kabul area. And they have put their cases in and have submitted all the necessary documents. Uh, and it has been three years that their cases are still pending for the final review. So if somebody who has submitted everything three years ago and he is still waiting for this SIV visa, imagine somebody who is just about to apply now, how long he should wait? And do you think we have three years or four more years to wait? Who knows what's going to happen to these people? I mean, if we think about it this way, when U.S. military went to Afghanistan and imagine there were some individuals who had worked for Osama bin Laden or al-Qaeda, either as a cook or as a guard or as a cleaner. I'm not sure if they would have been left alone and, and they would have been left alone in their houses or do whatever they wanted to do. I think they would have been arrested and they would have been interrogated and they would have been put behind bars. Now, imagine what the Taliban would do to these individuals whom they blame for assisting the U.S. military to go on night raids, to arrest these Taliban soldiers, to interrogate them, and so on. And, and there is no need for them to keep them alive, because there is not going to be an exchange of prisoners.
0: No, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think... Happens. I think, I think negotiation is gone because the Taliban's chief negotiating request was that the U.S. forces pull out, and we just gave them that anyway, so why would they negotiate any further? Uh, and, and that's one of my concerns. Are you concerned with how quickly we pulled out of Bagram Air Base and, and, and left it behind? I'm hearing it's being looted already.
1: It is looted, and all the equipments that were left behind are now being sold in the local bazaars.
0: Okay, which is well,
1: unbelievable. The way that these troops left the base, they basically did not inform the Afghan military that was in the outer perimeter. Uh, after they left the base, about twenty minutes later, the lights go off, and somehow the locals in the area they knew that Americans have left. And they just ran into the base and grabbed whatever they could, and they're selling it out there. Uh, I'm not sure why we are not careful when it comes to the phenomena of Taliban, because we think they are a local problem. But many individuals who know this group of people very well, they would clearly state that their agenda is not local.
0: No, I think it's, it's they will become local. a headache
1: again if they're left alone.
0: I, I think last time uh, they proved that just by merely hosting uh, al-Qaeda and becoming a safe haven for terrorism. Well, Hamid, listen, uh, we're up against a, a break. I have to take a quick commercial break. I won't be able to, to chat with you because our phone lines don't allow it uh, during the break. If you will please hang on during the break, though. I want to chat with you a little bit sure. more about where you see this going. Uh, And uh, I love you, and I'll be right back. This is Phil Williams. It's Right Side Radio. We are solid, conservative, and just plain right. And right now I'm having a great discussion with my friend who knows more about being in Afghanistan than anybody because he grew up there. He's lived there. He's also served and fought, not just for his own country, but for ours. He is a U.S. citizen now, and I'm proud to call him my friend. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. 70 AM, 92.5 FM WVNN News Talk. We are the news talk of the town, folks. Uh, right Side Radio here. Your host, Phil Williams. Time's now 254. And listen, uh, say it over and over, over again. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. We are on right now with my friend Hamid. If you heard the last segment, I hope you did. Uh, my friend Hamid and I um, served together in Afghanistan. He was the interpreter, uh, main interpreter for our team. And this is the beginning of the war, 17 years old. Uh, Hamid, we had some adventures, I think, didn't we?
1: Yes, we did, definitely. (laughs) Yes,
0: we did. I I mean, I can remember uh, several times uh, going out into some hard places, and uh, there's this 17-year-old kid named Hamid carrying an AK-47. Me just hoping he knows how to use it. And uh, you you did a good (laughs) job, my brother. And um, I I certainly appreciate uh, all that you did. And uh, we had we had plenty of times uh, at night uh, out at the airfield, waiting on them to drop in our air supplies and you know and whatever else and uh, and you were always there. Hey, listen, I want to I want to tell you, uh, Hamid. um, I think I speak for a lot a lot of people in the United States that that the majority of this nation is sick over the way this is happening with regards to leaving behind uh, people uh, who have served both. Afghanistan and the United States um, in the war zone. Uh, And I hope you know that, that the the Biden administration is making a political decision, like I believe you said earlier, but that the vast majority of the populace, I think, uh, is worried and concerned, the same as you would be, for people like your family.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Again, when these people, despite the fact that they have also served the Afghan people and the United States, But when the Taliban will kill them, they will kill them not because they have served the Afghan government or has anything to do with the Afghan government. They will kill them because they were associated with the United States government and with U.S. military, and they will be told that you guys served the infidels and the invaders and you're a traitor, and therefore you're getting a bullet between your eyes.
0: Well, and um, I I hope you... uh I hope you know how sorry I am that that, uh, that possibility exists. And uh, I know that you and I have discussed in the past uh, your your hopes and, and attempts to even have your own family join you here. And and your your mother, though, that was her home, and she, she wanted to stay close to home. Um, and you have other family there as well. Uh, and, and I know that we've talked about uh, our friend, uh, Akhtar, who um, uh, served as the uh, leader of our guard force at the safe house in Condus. And um, he's still yeah. there, I believe, isn't he?
1: Yes, he's still there. He's in Kabul. The other night, he literally told me. He said, "Hamid, I want you to promise me that if I get killed, you will take care of my children somehow." Mm. Mm. And I was like, "I was like, well, I hope that will never happen." But he's like, "No, you gotta promise me because it's possible, and I can see it and I can feel it because." This, the 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 circle every day it gets tightened and tightened and I think they will get us down here.
0: So is that the sense so you think you that s- the what do you say to a friend like that? I, and I think all you can do is tell him that you will do everything you can. And um, and I and I join you in that. I mean, the same as when um, you know, Bill and I did what we could to get you over here. Um, and I'm writing letters now. I think that the people who are listening to this radio show. And anybody else for that matter need to understand that the pressure on our political um elected officials needs to be brought to bear to expedite any processes that are there because um these are not just people who are refugees or disadvantaged or what these are people who bled with us and served with us uh you and akhtar and other members of uh, the community we're we're putting yourselves in harm's way as much as anybody on our team and um and so my hope is that people will hear your story today and uh, and be inspired to write those letters and make those phone calls to their congressmen and senators and and demand some action. Not just ask, not just hope, but demand some action. That's what it's going to take, I believe, Hamid.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's it, it's something that that's the only way that it's going to work. I mean, we are facing a group of people, and they're named the Taliban. That they're basically. They're led by a group of psychos and uh, these people do not represent any culture, any religion. They just represent themselves and they represent their own interests and their own hunger and greed for power and money. And they are using Afghans that they have hired, they're using and exploiting their poverty and basically gathering children and giving them AKs and saying, go shoot and you will get two or three hundred dollars a month. So, we Hamed are my brother. a very dark enemy, and we have it, to get our people out.
0: We, we do. And, Hamid, we've got to go to a hard break now. I want you to know I love you, and I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm so proud of you. Proud of you like you're my own son. And uh, I hope one day so I much. get to meet your little boy. And I do look and up to him, the Father. Well, and I to you. tell your son one day when I see him personally that his father's a hero. So, right now, we've got to take a break. It's Phil Williams.